Hey guys, it's Melissa here from MelissaOatman.com. Welcome to another episode of Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness. I'm so delighted you guys are here with us today because we have a very special guest. We have with us Ms. Begum Ooze, and she is a clinical hypnotherapist. She teaches people EFT and breath work, and she has been helping people to heal their anxiety. And she also volunteers and works with the Suicide Prevention Hotline. So she is here today to talk to us about how to deal with anxiety. And she's going to give us many tips for doing that. And I know that that is really important right now. So I'm very excited that she is here with us today. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited for this. Yes, I'm happy that you're here because the work that you're doing is super important. I know that with the pandemic and everything that's happening right now, I think anxiety is definitely on the rise. And there are a lot of people out there who are probably struggling right now just to get through the day. So I would love it if you could share with us some ways that people can um, use EFT or use hypnosis, or even I know sometimes you teach breath work, even things like that. Um, but before we get started talking about all of the ways people can help themselves, I would love it if you could just introduce us to you and give us a little background about who you are and how you got started doing this work. Yeah, yeah, that sounds all very good. Um, so my name is, so my name is um, Begum Uz. Um, also, many people know me as B. And I am originally from Turkey, as you can tell from my accent, maybe you can hear it here and there. Um, I'm a certified hypnotherapist. I am also EFT practitioner and also breathwork facilitator. So basically, I work with all things subconscious mind with using different modalities. Um, so to begin with, I've been actually doing Kundalini Yoga since I was 18. So I was always curious about how the mind works, how the energy systems work. Um, but interestingly, I started my practice with hypnosis, which is very unfamiliar to so many people. At the time, I was um, really struggling with biting my nails. It's kind of like a nervous habit if you're familiar with it. And once you start it, you kind of get stuck in this loop. So you first start biting your nails because you're anxious. And the more you bite your nails, the more anxious you get. So it's kind of like this um, hard to break nervous loop that you get stuck in. And I think that's exactly where I was before I was introduced to hypnosis. I was looking for jobs. I was so nervous, so uncomfortable. And as a woman, I feel like I was so embarrassed of this habit. You know, like my nails are always bleeding and especially walking into an interview with bleeding hands and giving it strong handshake is really, really hard. So I felt really I felt like my confidence was decreasing significantly. And also, you know, I'm dealing with this habit at the same time. I tried everything. I tried bitter nail polish. I tried uh, getting more frequent manicures and nothing was really working. So I felt really, really stuck. And as I was searching online for ways to stop this habit, I saw that um, there is this class uh, for self-hypnosis. And I thought, you know what? I have nothing to lose. I'll just give it a shots and thankfully it was so helpful with practice and repetition i was able to stop biting my nails in about two months 
So that really opened my mind to how powerful my mind can be. I felt more confident. I felt more empowered. I felt like myself again. So I decided to go to this College of Hypnotherapy. And you may be familiar with this. The more you get into different modalities, the more you learn. And that's how I learned about EFT. I also learned about breath work. And I decided to add them into my toolbox as well. And I've been practicing them and I really, really love all of them. Yeah, I love EFT, especially. I talk about that one a lot. And we've talked about that on the show before, which if anyone out there is listening doesn't know, it stands for Emotional Freedom Technique. And it is a way of tapping on different points of the body to release uh, just emotions that are maybe trapped and and releasing those things. So I love using those with my clients as well. So um, I find that really interesting. So now, how did you go, though, from using these things to them, assuming you went to learn all of these things and to use this on yourself to figure out uh, how do I stop? biting my fingernails and by the way making them bleed that must have been like painful and also like a severe habit (laughs) so I can't imagine but like we all have those habits where we're like whoa we wish we could change them we should get rid of them um so you learned those things to try to work on yourself Mm -hmm. and then how does that morph into then you going and working with other people Mm -hmm. that's a really good question Um, So I think I helped myself with self-hypnosis and I figured that was actually a school of hypnotherapy. They were teaching people how to become hypnotherapists themselves. And initially I went again to help myself, but I realized the scope and the helpfulness of this modality. I mean, if you think about it with hypnosis, you can work on increasing your self-esteem, pain management, even psychosomatic diseases. Its scope is so large. I realize that this can be more helpful than I think. So um, in part of that whole college program is a six months internship program that you are required to complete in order to graduate. And um, even though I wasn't planning to practice, because I wanted to graduate, I started practicing with different, different people. Um, And that's when I realized I actually really enjoy helping people. And um, I first started using hypnosis. And what hypnosis does is it almost allows us an access to your subconscious mind for us to give you affirmations or take you through imagery journeys. So the more I did it, the more it became natural. You know, like thing with um, hypnosis is that once we get to that energetic field, you know exactly what to say to the person across you. You feel their pain, you feel where they're at. So it became more natural with more practice and with more um, with more tuning into myself and almost channeling that to others, I would say. Now, I love hypnosis too. And um, I also got certified in a hypnotherapy course uh, because I too think that it's so beneficial when we can kind of like go past the conscious brain. We move past it because that's where so many people get stuck because they're like, I, you know, I don't know what's going on. It's like, yes, you do, but you just can't access it right now. So then we can do the hypnotherapy with people and and access where exactly things are happening, like why we're biting our nails, why we can't lose weight, why we're doing these different things. So um, now 
I know that you personally have been working with people, especially with anxiety. So how do you help someone who's coming to you and maybe saying, I think a lot of people are anxious and they don't even know why. Yeah. But they come to you and there's like, I don't know what's going on, but I just know that I don't feel right. And I know like for my own kids, right after the pandemic, like they were having panic attacks, like full on panic attacks. And I think there's probably a, a higher instance of that happening right now, especially with everything going on. So how do you help someone coming to you and saying like, oh, I have really bad anxiety? Yeah, yeah, I agree with you, especially since pandemic. I think we've been seeing a lot of increase in anxiety and depression cases. It really depends from person to person. Um, I think with if, if someone knows why they're anxious, like if we can um, figure out and identify the root of where this anxiety comes from, we can potentially maybe start working with something like EFT. Because as you know, EFT helps us rebalancing that energy disruption that may have been caused by an event or an emotional trauma that you have experienced. So if we know the reason, what we can do is with EFT, we can bring it up while we tap. So we kind of like normalize this uh, distressing response to that event or that emotion whenever you think about it. So EFT could be helpful with kind of like desensitizing you almost like part of like exposure therapy mixed with cognitive behavioral therapy so we bring it up while we're tapping it that helps us balancing your emotions so you're not being triggered by it left and right all the time that can sometimes cause anxiety another thing i've been realizing what really causes anxiety is feeling of loss of control again this may be caused by an event but sometimes we don't even know why this is caused by sometimes people think that you have to have a traumatic event or you have to have some very significant emotional experience to feel this way but that's not really true um, because our subconscious mind simply doesn't like any kind of change. So say you are moving to a new city, say um, you just changed jobs or you broke up with your partner. All these can trigger anxiety if you think about it, because it's a significant change in your life. So with hypnosis, what we can do is, first of all, hypnosis itself is a very calm and relaxed feeling. Mm -hmm. So that kind of shakes your subconscious landscape and shows that you don't have to be in this fight flight mode. There is a different and better potential, which is you can be on rest and digest mode. You can be relaxed, you can be calm. So hypnosis helps to show that aspect to your mind. And the more you practice that, the more you can normalize that. Another thing we can do with hypnosis is we can use the anchoring technique. Maybe you've seen it if you've seen a hypnosis stage show or something like rubbing your index finger to your thumb. That's actually a very um, common technique that we use. And we kind of anchor a pleasant, safe, calm space that we create under hypnosis to that physical feeling. So even in your daily life, say you feel triggered, you can simply practice that and that's going to take you back to that calm, safe, good feeling. So the, the purpose would be helping you regulate those emotions while you feel like you have the control over your life. You have the confidence, you have the ability to take control of your life. And I think part of that is also building confidence. 
right? When, when we are confident in our resources and our skills, we know that we can handle any situation that comes forward. So I, I find that I also work a lot with building self-esteem, building confidence. That also helps with moving forward in everyday life, knowing that you, you have the capability to deal anything comes into your life. Yeah, what would you say is the best or maybe just the easiest and quickest tool that somebody could access if maybe they're feeling emotionally off balance and they're trying to just kind of come back to a state of feeling um, in control again? Um, for that, I think I'm going to go totally different and I'm going to say breath work because breathing is directly related with how we feel and how we feel is directly related with um, how we breathe. So even right now, if you pay attention to how you're breathing, you can feel that, you know, probably you're breathing from your chest if you're like many of us, yeah. um, because, you know, we are focused, we are in arousal state, we are accomplishing tasks right now. So we're breathing from our chest. And when people are anxious, they're also usually breathing from chest heavily, like they may be scrunching their shoulders. They usually take more inhales than exhales. So they feel like they can't actually breathe in because they already took all the breaths in. So by simply changing your breathing, you can actually change the way that you feel. What I would recommend is there are really uh, helpful two different types of breathing. One of them is box breathing. This is recommended by so many different uh, practitioners. I like it also because it's just so simple. And you inhale as you count to four. You hold it on a count of four. Exhale on a count of four. Hold it on a count of four. So imagine it being like a box. Inhale to four. Hold to four. Exhale to four. Hold to four. And this helps you kind of like center yourself and balance yourself. So instead of inhaling, 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 and barely exhaling, you regulate that. And that allows you to shift your mental state, be more present because you're counting, your mind is focused in here and now. So you're more present. Another one that I like to teach to my clients, uh, it's, it's very simple again, but I think that helps differently. It helps with releasing a specific emotion. You know, sometimes when you feel like a specific emotion, maybe on your chest or in your guts or in your shoulders, this helps with releasing that part along with the emotion. And um, especially with habits, if you're dealing with cravings, if you're dealing with anxiety because of the anticipation, it can help with those things a lot. And this one is, again, so simple. Inhaling on a count of four and exhaling on a count of eight and repeating it at least three times, I recommend. But of course, you can repeat it as many times as you wish. Sometimes I set my phone's alarm to five minutes or 10 minutes and practice it. Sometimes I do this when I'm even talking to people or like, you know, sometimes when you argue with someone and you already feel your head overheating, mm -hmm. I just do that as I'm talking to them and I feel a shift and my answers are coming from a calm point of view rather than being like tense and anxious and angry point of view. So that's what I think I would recommend. And these are two very simple things, right? Like there's no excuses for not doing these. So I think anyone can start practicing this even right now. Yeah, and I think that's great to have those tools 
right at your fingertips because there's so many times when we go throughout our day and things happen and things we cannot control and that's when our brain wants to start spinning out and making us upset and so it's important to be able to have those tools to come back to a place of centeredness and especially when you're arguing with someone yeah that's usually the worst then you start saying <laughs> all kinds of things you don't mean and, and make things worse and you can't really think logically anyway if you're constantly in that overly emotional state so that's a good tool to have for sure for sure absolutely yeah and so tell us a little bit about um what you're doing to work with people now uh i know that you do volunteer work as well you talked about how you're working now at the suicide hotline but you also work with um now do you specialize i should ask this do you specialize with millennials or do you work with just all kinds of people? Um, to be honest with you, I do work with all kinds of people, but I think when it comes to anxiety, I would say I specialize uh, in working with millennials. Um, I do have volunteer work because I think these types of things are so powerful and unfortunately they can be expensive. So I think it's important to bring it down to as many people as we can. Um, one volunteering work that I do is I teach breathwork classes and self-hypnosis classes at a nonprofit called Heal One World. Um, I've been there for, I think, three years now. Um, so we have lots of um, free or donation-based classes, including meditation, yoga, and stuff like that. So I teach two classes in there. Um, and I recently started volunteering at the Suicide Prevention Hotline, which is a bit different angle. Um, but I think it also helps me challenge myself, helps me help people on one-on-one -on, -one on a more regular basis in terms of, um, you know, using the tools or understanding them better. I find that it's more helpful in that sense. Um, and of course, I do have my practice. So I work with people on one-on-one -on -one mostly. And I also teach breath for classes like once a month in my practice separately too. Now, are you seeing, because I know we talked about anxiety being on the rise just in the population in general, but are you seeing more and more anxiety in that particular age group of people with millennials? I would say so, because I think they really been through a drastic change. And I think it, especially the portion starting from college until like 35, 40 years old, they had to go through so many changes, including adaptation to school. And they had really different expectations when they first started to school. So none of them were fulfilled and especially job market, that whole landscape changed significantly. Um, so before they could even learn how to regulate, how to cope with that, they all of a sudden found themselves in all of these different situations. So I think the millennials are more open to um, experiencing things like anxiety in compared to higher or different generations, I would say, because they, maybe they're already towards the end of um, their work life, or maybe they already have settled relationships, or maybe they already have jobs that are way too much settled. So they don't experience changes in all different parts of their body. Maybe it's one part or two parts in compared to millennials. So I would say yes. I think too, um, one thing that's interesting is as a school teacher, what I've seen is with cell phones, 
we've seen anxiety more on the rise with kids. And I think that has a lot to do with social media and the bullying and comparing themselves and all of those things that's happening on social media. So if we have any parents out there listening who maybe they're noticing their kids seem to be more anxious or maybe their kids seem to be withdrawn because that can be a sign of depression. What um, advice would you give to any parents out there listening? I think, um, first of all, I agree with you in terms of social media, how it can be very triggering in terms of anxiety, because there is very unfair comparisons that our minds do unconsciously. But there is also very interesting recent research coming about social media that it can actually be help, it can help us um, engage with people more if we are using it in a different way. So if you're actually um, sending people um, direct messages and to engage with them, to build a relationship with them, or if we are, if you're using it for the purpose of connecting with people really, rather than, you know, maybe showing off or impressing others, then they found that it can actually be really helpful to help us engage, socialize, which helps us really balance those negative emotions or anxiety. So one thing maybe, um, one thing that could be helpful would be um, encouraging or finding ways to use social media in those terms. Um, it could, of course, I think you need to be creative to find the best way, especially with your child because probably there is a huge age gap so what you think socially engaging may not be socially engaging with them so you may have to find that middle point and maybe engage in an activity together to socialize with them in that sense but I honestly think there is no way of escaping social media at this point so the best is using it in our favor in my opinion Um, another thing could be I think um, many kids are isolated You know, if you think about it, um, parents are usually working or as parents, we have our own so many to do lists. So it can easily slip out of our mind to really genuinely engaging with them for for a significant amount of time every day. We we need that human to human connection. And when we feel that, especially from our parents, that makes us feel that I got this situation because even if I don't get it, I know that I have someone significant supporting me. Um, and I know it, it's easy to say that, you know, I, I give this to my child or I, I'm already present in their life, but it's important to find how to connect with your child specifically, not in general. So I think that's what I would also recommend, like really every day being present in the way that really truly connects with them. Yeah, because it's easy to get busy and to let that slide and as parents, that's that's a tough job anyway. Yeah, so it's important to remember those little things. Now I know that you um, you do hypnosis, but you also kind of teach people how to. Now correct me if I'm wrong. Kind of hypnotize themselves too, so that they can uh, work on issues that they're having. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I also teach self-hypnosis. That's one of the classes I teach um, at the volunteer. It's actually very simple. It is very similar to meditation. It It is almost like something between mindfulness, light state of hypnosis, and meditation all combined together. 
And the goal is basically regulating your thought process to lead yourself down to a deep, calm, relaxed state. And that's when you give yourself affirmations instead of a hypnotherapist giving you affirmations. And they actually found that this type of self-hypnosis can be really helpful with pain management, releasing um, headaches, or even increasing your self-esteem. And in my case, I stopped biting my nails with self-hypnosis. So I really, really love it. And I think it's one of the most powerful things I have done. And I still do it to this day. And now do you um, only teach one-on-one -on -one classes with people when they come to you to work with hypnosis or do you offer group classes too or how does that work? For self-hypnosis, it's mostly group classes. So we would be working um, up to 10 people. And what I would do is first I would show them how hypnosis works in the mind. And I would explain to them what are some of the areas they can work with self-hypnosis. And it could be anything from increasing your motivation to eating better, to sleeping better, or even releasing some of your fears and phobias. It could be even that powerful. And in the second portion, we do a little practice together. So I show them how we go through all of the steps. But the thing with self-hypnosis is that they have to practice it outside of the classes by themselves too. So since you're working on yourself, it does take practice. So I think it's important to mention that. When it comes to hypnosis, I mostly work with people one-on-one -on -one unless there are um, there's group requests. I do have group um, sessions too when it comes to hypnotherapy, but those are usually smaller um, sessions, like three to five people, nothing more than five people usually. So self-hypnosis is more, its scope is a lot of a lot more people and hypnosis is more one-on-one. -on -one. And on a final note, Actually, many master hypnotists say that all hypnosis is self-hypnosis because if someone is not allowing me in, if someone is not really letting go for me to help them, I can't really help them, right? Yeah. So self-hypnosis could be a good start for everyone to kind of practice that state, that trans state, that calm, relaxed state. And from there, if they find that they're so stuck, the next step could be trying maybe hypnosis with a hypnotherapist. And so if someone is wanting to get into their own, let's say they want to try practicing the self-hypnosis. So what's the best way for them to start doing that? Honestly, there are so many different self-hypnosis techniques. The one that I like to work with is I like to condition to two separate keywords. One of them is a physical keyword and the other one is emotional keyword. Um, although these keywords don't really mean anything, think of them as you are conditioning a calming and relaxing response to those keywords. So anytime you practice self-hypnosis, as soon as you repeat those keywords, you immediately feel calm, relaxed, and present. So it eases you down to state. It makes it easier. It makes you more comfortable and good about yourself. And that's when you give yourself affirmations. So honestly, there are just so many different steps. It's hard to explain. Um, but I would say those two keywords that will help you guide into 
a deeper state of calmness and relaxation, then you do body scanning. You scan all your body one by one with the keywords, and that helps you relax even deeper. And after that, you start giving yourself your positive affirmations. It's important to have them positive. I know we can slip that positive negative border very easily. Like sometimes people say, oh, my affirmation is I'm not anxious anymore. That's still a negative uh, affirmation because you're still talking about what you don't want instead of what you want. So those are small things that I would recommend paying attention to. Okay. So instead of saying I'm not anxious anymore, you could say I'm calm. Absolutely. Something like that. And also um, another thing that can be helpful is being stating your affirmations in present tense. So instead of saying something like, I want to be calm, if you say, I am calm, you're actually tricking your subconscious mind. While you're imagining, your subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between reality and imagination. So the more you repeat that I am calm, the more it is accepted as it's happening in this real time. Yeah, the mind is an interesting thing, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. And I think we have so many more things to discover. That's another fascinating thing. Yeah, absolutely. But I love all of the tools that you've mentioned and how they can really truly help. And they, I've seen it working with clients and just working with myself that they really truly do help. Um, so if I have anybody who's out there today and they're thinking, yeah, this sounds like something that could really help me and they want to maybe work with you, or maybe they just want to follow you, find out more information about you, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, my website has lots of information about me, all the different tools that I use. So they can visit my website. And my website is www.b, as in my initial, dash hypnotized.com. So b-hypnotized.com. Um, or, or they can also directly email me. I'm always responsive to my emails and I would love to explain or answer any questions. So they could email me then at Begum and that's B-G-U-M at b-hypnotize.com. Okay. And we'll have the link to your website in the show notes. So if anyone wants to go there, you can simply hop on the website and go find all of the information there that's listed because uh, these are just so many great tools. And now more than ever, I think we need to be taking care of our mental health and it's important. So I wanna thank you so much for being here today and for um, sharing all of this wonderful information with us. Thank you so much. Of course, it was a pleasure being in here. Thank you so much. Yes, and I want to thank all of you for being here with us today, too. As always, if you like this podcast, please subscribe. Please leave a positive review from wherever you're listening. And the greatest compliment you can pay me is to share this podcast with anyone you think might benefit from it. I hope that you guys are having a beautiful day from wherever you're listening. As always, I am sending you so much love and light, and I will talk to you soon. Bye, guys.